Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It is Brendan Escott and Cam Moon with you in the final stretch of this edition of the show. 134 in Edmonton, or just about anyway. And we're, uh, we're looking at Pacific Division teams. Big thanks to John Rosen and to Mike Benton for jumping on earlier in the show to talk Kings and Kraken. We'll remind you that all season long, the Oilers Now Injury Report is brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. And you know that some guests of the show do receive gift uh, cards, certificates, cards, same thing, to Japanese Village, Edmonton's favorite teppanyaki steak restaurant. Uh, Book your celebration for the senses at jvedmonton.ca. One of my favorite things about walking through West Edmonton Mall is when you're creeping up on bourbon street and you can smell the steak creeping out of there from uh, oh, yeah. from uh, a Japanese village it is it's awfully enticing mm-hmm. I'll tell you that yeah I'll tell it, you that. it really is it's it's a, it's a great experience too oh like yeah the it, whole experience it, it, when they say dinner and a show you are getting the show and it is uh, it, oh. a little comedy flair to it yeah. but uh, a lot of culinary uh, culinary flair as well 780-496-0063 can the Oilers uh, Cam says less? He's he's talking to you less from oh, okay. Peace River, right? Less than less. <laughs> if the Oilers go in as uh, as the team we are now, I I can barely even read this. If the Oilers go in as the team now, are we there yet, or uh, do they need to add a little more to the operation to get it done? Well, I mean, I don't think any team's ever a complete piece. No, but they're. <sighs> I. I just look at the way things went in the playoffs and see how close they are. And I think they're very close. And they do need a few things to fall their way, as did Vegas. They needed they needed Aiden Hill to pull off the playoff rounds of his life. And he did. And he did. And I think the Oilers are, are so close to it. They are so close. And I think they could. I think they, uh, I don't know that they have to make... Any major? Well, they can't. As far, as Sadly, far as the, the salary cap yeah. dictates that. But I, could could you make a deal? Yeah, you could make a deal, and mm-hmm. and you'd have to you know move some money out to move some money in. But I think they're close. I think they're very close, and that's what's going to make this season so much fun potentially. Yeah. Now remember, we're we're coming off of two seasons in which one they started out of the gates as good as they ever have, literally. And uh, I, what were they, eleven and one at a certain point two years ago? And then yeah. last year, not the same story. They they were stuck in the mud a little bit out of the gate, and and eventually, you know, the the talent on the team sort of wins out. And over the course of an eighty-two game season, everything balances more or less how it should. But to me, Edmonton should be able this year to build a lot more separation up in the Pacific Division, which nobody seems to be giving the credit for as actually being a lot more competitive than uh, than well, last yeah. year. It, it is competitive, and it wasn't getting respected that way, in my opinion. And a full season of Matthias Eckholm. Yes. I think that, that that makes a big difference. Or you look at, at how good the team was after that deal and what that meant to the back end. I, I think that's 
that can't be that can't be forgot. That's for sure. Janine says uh, she is so excited going to Japanese Village tonight before yes. the Riverhawks game. Oh. That is a great plan. I will be at the Riverhawks game. I won't have time to sneak to Japanese Village first, but I will be at the baseball game. That's a great plan. 7.05 first pitch, the Ridgefield Raptors in town from Washington State. But as we've stated many times, who cares who they're playing? It doesn't even really matter if they win or lose. You're just at the ballpark having a great time. It is fun. Excellent. So, it Janine, is so I'll, be, fun. I'll be looking for you there with a nice smile on your face after a meal at Japanese Village. <laughs> I can also tell you there's great news from our friends at Brent Ridge Ford. Just received the largest allocation of trucks and SUVs that they've had for years. Most of the units scheduled to be built next month for a delivery in the fall. Discounts as high as $8,000 on F-150s. So, uh, yeah, now would be the time to purchase your new truck. If you want to be treated fairly at every level of vehicle ownership, call Rich, Johnny, or Uncle Milt, 780-352-6048. Brent Ridge Ford, your Ford Truck Authority on the Auto Mile in Wetaskiwin. Cam's looking sleek in that green ride. Mm. I I really like it. I like it a lot. I finally beat you to the building today, thankfully. Got up early. (laughs) Couldn't sleep because my leg's in such bad shape from soccer last night. And I was just like, whatever. I'll go in and get the show prepped. That's how we do it. 780-496-0063 is the number to text or call. We're having a little bit of fun and and, uh, won't dig too deep into uh, the, the bottom feeders of the Pacific Division. But worth acknowledging that, yes, the Sharks and Ducks will still be in town a couple of times this season and you know different uh, different eras I think the Ducks um, while they were really hoping that it would be the Connor Bedard era there in Anaheim and the draft lottery system says no such luck so instead of going Adam Fantilli they go uh, defensively I believe at uh, at third overall yes no second overall oh boy I'm telling tales out of school. Now I have to bring the draft list up. But bottom line is when a lot of people thought they might go Adam Fantilli, they didn't. So the guys that they have in Trevor Zegris and and uh, building around that core, obviously, they're content with for the time being. And they had the uh, the free agent signing of Alex Kalorn. So they, they get him to a 6.25 by four-year deal uh, coming over from Tampa Bay. So they million a year for Alex Kalorn. Let's think about that for a second. And and Anaheim's obviously a team that is going to need some help getting to the salary cap floor. So there's the luxury that you're afforded when you're not competing for a Stanley Cup is that you can throw more money at guys to help insulate the next generation of your team. And that's what they've done here, not only in signing Alex Kalorn, who we know from his time in Tampa Bay, is that very valuable veteran presence and has been to Stanley Cups and can tell you how to get through situations that sort of thing. Is he worth $6.25 million based on his on-ice production? Not even close. That's more than Hyman. That's more than Nugent Hopkins. That's more than Kane. That's that's not what he's being paid to do there. He's being paid to elevate the salary floor and to help out the younger guys and transition them into more mature roles in the NHL. I say all of that and that can all be applied to Radko Gudis on the back end who they also yeah. overspent for as a free agent uh, coming over from Florida. Yeah, at $4 million a year for three years. And they, they still got to come to terms with uh, Trevor Zegras, who's uh, RFA right now. So they'll get that figured out. That'll eat up a little bit of, a little bit of cap space too. 
Yeah, that's uh, I. Well, well, and we'll see what happens uh, in goaltending with John Gibson. John Gibson is is the key cog in this yeah. entire uh, upcoming season for the Ducks right now. And frankly, he spent his entire career there. I don't blame him for now again going back to the whole throw me a bone and get me out of town here. Yeah. You may as well get some value for him and uh, and try and and you know he, he can move on in his career and you can recoup some assets. Lucas Dostal signing a two year contract extension with the Ducks at, uh, I believe it was the league minimum here, and uh, he's a guy that Edmonton Oilers fans should know from that performance he put on in December, (laughs) beating the team nearly single-handedly. So you wonder whether you're confident enough in the 23-year-old Dostal as part of your rebuild that you're willing to finally part ways with Gibson, which to me is something that they've been kicking around for the last couple of years, give or take. Yeah, and if they were if they were doing a deal, you would likely think there'd be a goaltender coming back the other way. You, you, uh, that's you know, a lot of eggs in the Dostal basket. Yeah, a goaltender <laughs> of the future yeah, type yeah. of a thing. So, I, I, you know, you look at what the the fits may be for Gibson. That's yeah. everybody out there wants a goaltender. Is that something that Los Angeles keys in on? Well, they don't have a whole lot to trade there to get him. So, and and that's assuming Anaheim would even trade him within the division. Sure. So that's a tough sell. Um, and the dollar value. Absolutely. At, at six point four. He's kind of in the same boat as uh, as a Connor Hellebuck, right? Where you know you got to start looking. Los Angeles is obviously committed to not spending any money on goaltending this year. They're going to allocate that everywhere else, and and that's the path that they've chosen but there's going to be teams out there that are paying the likes of Connor Hellebuck or John Gibson in order to help them you know uh, further along is that uh, what does New Jersey have going on right now in their net that seems like a team that would be in on just about anybody at this juncture I know that Akira Schmidt put on uh a great performance. Vitek Vanacek is a guy that they acquired last year and then he sort of lost the net at maybe the most critical time of the season. They traded Mackenzie Blackwood yeah. to San Jose. Uh, so, that's, you know, is, no, could that's, that be that's an what avenue? They got. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, this is, it, it depends on what, uh, what their best return is going to be. I'm always in favor, like if a player comes out and out says, I don't want to play for this team. Well, he's already starting to diminish his own trade value by putting that out there. So uh, I think it's time that Anaheim actually pulls trigger on this. He is He's about the only player left there that doesn't seem to align with the current trajectory of the team where he's a goaltender that can help you compete now. And the rest of the team seems to be several years away why not add to the rest of that core and get rid of the asset that you have right now who's already said this is not the right situation for me yeah it, it just moving goaltenders and, and frank talked about it yesterday said that once the season starts it's really difficult to do so you would think if something comes down along those lines it'll happen uh, before training camp 
Hey guys, if uh, Ryan McLeod and Evan Bouchard come in closer to $6 million combined, do the Oilers need to flip Fogle for cap space and add another top nine option with a lower cap hit? That's from Ryan in Saskatchewan. Well, uh, I don't know, like, between those two players, of course, they'd love to hit $6 million. Right now, the Oilers as a team have just a little over 5.8 in total cap space to spend. So if you're looking at it and Frank's saying that $4 million is the AAV for Bouchard and then McLeod is well, he's already done the team the favor last season so you're asking the kid an awful lot for a second contract in a row to really work with the team to get this jigsaw puzzle as we're calling it complete um ah, 6 million doesn't leave you with anything, No, 6 million's too much to spend and I, I think even getting them done at say 3.8 and uh and 1.8 i mean that doesn't even leave you with really anything left yeah it makes it it's well, it's gonna be it's that and that's that's why this is taking some time and i'm sure there's a lot of back and forth going on as far as that's concerned and now as we're seeing deals roll in like the brett howden deal like yeah. gabe velarde don't forget that players are helping set the market for one another just like we saw with bouchard and and uh byram and and keandre miller as well so if you're in the camp where you can wait a little bit longer and let yeah. some other things play out first clearly that's what as uh, as frank identified on yesterday's show that's what mcleod's doing and until mcleod's decision is made that's the bouchard hang up right one dom has to fall first and they can figure then out how much uh, how much money they can actually afford to give to Evan Bouchard. Uh, Jed says, you mentioned the contribution of Hill for Vegas. Best save percentage in NHL playoff history, yet he didn't win the Conn Smythe. Didn't win the Conn Smythe. Who did? Marchessault? Yeah. Yeah, Jonathan Marchessault. Well, and they were uh, like, I'm sure that I don't know what the vote looked like, but I would think it would have been close. Um, Hill had he was he was incredible in in the playoffs, but and you could also um, I mean you probably make a, an argument for um, for another player or two. I would think. I mean they had they had a lot of they had a lot of contributors. I thought uh, for their road to the Stanley Cup, and and Hill was a big part of it. And it was such a, a story, you know, that they had used five different goaltenders over the course of the season that, mm-hmm. that won games that, uh, you know, you're, you you thought Laurent Brossois was, and he, he got them through that first round and then getting injured. And, you know, it, it was... It's quite a story. Sometimes sometimes you're a running back who's really good, and sometimes you have a really good offensive line that can <laughs> block really well for you. And so I wonder if Hill suffered a little bit from the fact that there was other goaltenders that were plugged and played and basically produced similar results. Therefore, it looked like it was maybe more of a wholesale team thing as far as what they were able to do, keeping the puck out of their net than it was directly related to Hill. And here's where the sentimental part comes in for me. I think it was really easy to vote for the guy who was claimed off of the scrap heap in the original uh, yep. expansion draft and say that in their, in the year that they won the cup, if you want to talk about stories, and I'm not saying that's how it should be voted on, but I wonder if it factors in. Uh, that's a pretty great story as well to have Marcia so, you know, performing the way 
way that he did, sort of helping Will this team along and being one of the original guys, not one of the superstars that they traded for, signed in free agency. He was drafted out of the Florida team in the expansion draft. So th- that would be my suspicion, but uh, maybe there's a cynical part of me that wants to believe that too. I don't know. Jack Eichel, he had a he had a great yep. playoff. So did uh, so did St- Mark Stone. I thought he had a great playoffs for them too. They they and that's to win. You got to have everybody going. They had they had lots of different players going. They certainly did. Yep. So I, you know, it's it's anybody's guess, Jed, but that's uh, that's my feeling. Uh, another texture wants to know if we would want a guy like Zach Cassian back as a two-way contract guy. Um, my short answer is no. Uh, he to me is not filling the same role at this level that he did when when the fire was burning, maybe a little brighter earlier in his career. Um, you didn't see him really producing anything in Phoenix, and that's got to be a tough situation for players to play in. Yeah. But I, I just really believe. That that this chapter of his career is is closed now. I think the team has enough of that type of thing. And and my my true stance on this is when you have a Vander Kane who is already a lightning rod for the attention of officials, you don't need another one in Zach Cassian, where a lot of the time the hits that he was making when he was in orange and blue, hits that were normal for most players, they were getting called boarding and charging and that sort of stuff because that's the reputation that Cassian carries around with him. So for my money, uh, uh, not interested. I think that I'd rather take a swing on somebody younger and uh, and with a little less of that stigma in the eyes of the stripes. What do you think? Well, I, yeah, I, I think uh, the the time has passed on that. Uh, but I wouldn't be opposed if somehow they could make it work uh, dollar wise of adding a little toughness for that for the fourth line. You know what I mean? That that physical element that. I was, Something. I was with disappointed in leaving. Yeah. Well, I, I would have liked to have seen Zach McEwen here to maybe replace a little bit of that. But uh, you can't have everything all the time, right? And uh, it's a team that's got to prioritize keeping the puck out of its net. And I think that first and foremost, that's what management's eyeing and they can cross other bridges as they get there. But we can confidently say with the likes of DeHarnay in the lineup, uh, Kane, obviously, but even the likes of Ekholm, this team is no slouch like it may have been in years past. So despite the true tough guy, enforcer, et cetera, you don't mess around with the Edmonton Oilers when you blank around, you might have to find out. It's 151 at Edmonton. We're back to wrap up the show after this. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. The San Jose Sharks. I'm sure there's not a ton of vested interest in this team as they rebuild. Uh, and uh, we continue looking at the Pacific Division foes. The biggest storyline, obviously, now that uh, Timo Meyer has been traded and is a member of the New Jersey Devils for the next eight years, it's where is Eric Carlson going to yeah. play and what is the return going to be? He will, in all likelihood, not be a San Jose Shark. And I would suggest if it doesn't happen before the season, at some point before the trade deadline, he will be wearing a different jersey. Will it be a Pittsburgh Penguins jersey? Well, that's kind of where all the signs are pointing right now. I'm not sure there's a tremendous amount of uh, logic in drawing him in there, unless you're going to say we're going for it for the next two years. And I guess when you've got Crosby yeah. and Malkin, maybe that's that's what you do. But uh, how much salary are you going to be able to get San Jose to retain? And we've had the conversation 
conversation before, and it's going to hinge on how much you are willing to give up to get Carlson. The more you give up, the more they're going to eat. And they're not going any higher than about, what, 40%, I think, of that $11.5 million. So uh, at best, you're getting a player who's going to cost you probably $6 million a season. Yeah, that's, that's probably best-case scenario. Now, he I, won the Norris last he year. He did! He's 33 years old, and he doesn't seem to be slowing down at all. Uh, a definite impact offensively, uh, just playing some incredible hockey right now. I thought Josh Yohe had a really good uh, story in The Athletic. I think it, was, he, it came out today, uh, arguing for the the Pittsburgh Penguins to make this to make a deal to have them come to Pittsburgh now and and exactly push those chips to the middle mm-hmm. and, and see if they can take uh, another run at it so uh, as far as uh, and he made the 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 argument that it would uh, help put butts in seats and get a lot of enthusiasm and an excitement towards the penguins right now so i right, we'll see if that that comes to pass but yeah i i would expect at some point he'll be on his way Eric Carlson. Rick says trade Darnell Nurse for Eric Carlson. Uh, Rick, I don't know for sure. I, I would suspect that that's something that was kicked around throughout the season last year as the, as the rumors were circulating. Um, it would likely have to have been considered as far as the dollar values for those two players. You're making too drastic a change in the player's style and in the player's age, if you ask me. Nurse at 27 is more of a two-way defenseman. I think is better suited for the, the roster that you've constructed. And you've also helped build this roster around Nurse in some ways, too. So... Uh, I, I don't think that that's something they're going to look at. Uh, and not only that, but the Oilers would have to give up a tremendous amount of assets to get San Jose to retain what they would need to retain to even remotely get this cap compliant. So uh, I, w- I don't like to poo-poo things straight out, Rick, but I don't think that that's going to happen. I think a better case scenario is that the Oilers don't have to deal with them at all, and he ends up in the East Coast or in the Eastern Division that's at the right. very least. Ship him out there. You're stay out there, yes. Get rid of them. Royal Pizza is pizza, pasta, and so much more. Get a free two-liter Coke with the purchase of $35 or more online or on the Royal Pizza app. Visit royalpizza.ca. And for this day in Oilers history, we celebrate a birthday for our friends at New West Travel. Serving travelers since 1979. Book your vacation today at newwesttravel.com. Back to 1962 we go in former Oilers defenseman Craig Muni is born in Toronto patrolled the Oilers blue line from 1986 through 1993 posting career highs in points and penalty minutes in his first season with the team won the Stanley Cup in 1987 as well the team repeated as we know in 1990 Muni was then shipped to Chicago for Mike Hudson any quick memories of Muni what kind of player was he oh physical could take the body oh you you paid a price did he if, play with Lowe? I, I don't remember exactly who he was uh, a tandem with. Yeah, <laughs> Bob Wood, absolutely. But Muni played a, a very physical, defensively sound game.
Good stuff. Well, tonight on uh, 630 Chad, much more on the sporting scene with Reed Wilkins. He's got inside sports from 6 to 8 p.m. Reminder, we've got a football game coming up tomorrow on these airwaves at 630 as well. Tomorrow on this show, Cam is in the host chair. He's got Condor's play-by-play man Ryan Holt, NHL insider John Shannon, and maybe a surprise or two. Better keep your eyes locked on that Twitter account. We'll keep you up to date there. Up next, we've got a global news weather traffic update with Evan Cook. Angela Cocott is on from 2 to 3 and then it's The Drive with Ted Henley from 3 to 6. Appreciate all the texts today on behalf of Cam Moon and Derek Scott. I'm Brendan Escott. So long from the 630 Chad Studios.